Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And I'm excited about today's topic and my guest today. We're going to be diving in to a topic that I don't think we've ever discussed on this podcast. It's really a, a section of marketing that I am not that experienced with. A uh, little bit of experience, but but not a ton. Uh, we're going to be talking about affiliate marketing. We're going to talk about a lot of other things too, how to scale, how to potentially achieve a, a, an actual four-hour work week, going to dig into a lot of other fun things as well. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce. And we are thrilled to underwrite this program and bring some amazing guests to you. I have a question for you. How is your YouTube game? Are you using YouTube to help scale your e-commerce business? Hopefully you're using YouTube both as a remarketing vehicle and also for top of funnel growth. However, if you're like most e-commerce companies, then you're probably not fully leveraging YouTube. So I have two free resources for you. The first is a two-minute crash course on YouTube ads. I recorded this with the famous Ezra Firestone. So you can check that out by looking at the links in the show notes to this show. You can also Google Smart Marketer and two-minute crash course, and you'll find the resource there. Also, we recorded a 90-minute webinar outlining exactly how we scale with YouTube. We talk about keys to a great YouTube ad. We talk about audience targeting. We talk about bidding, optimization, and much, much more. So I highly, highly recommend you check it out. You can also find that linked here in the show notes. It's also at the bottom of the two-minute crash course page. So check them out and start scaling with YouTube. And now, back to the show. My guest today is Nate Lind, and he is the founder of the Online Seller Summit. He's also an e-commerce entrepreneur. And so he has been in your shoes and is in your shoes, building brands, selling products, uh, and really just, just crushing it. And so uh, this podcast is going to be part hearing Nate's story uh, and then also digging in to uh, some of the topics I mentioned a minute ago. And so with that, uh, Nate, welcome to the show, man. Really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me on, Brett. I'm excited to uh, to get in and and reveal the uh, the cost per acquisition, the the CPA universe, and affiliate marketing to your uh, your listeners and your audience. Yeah, I love it. And and just uh, just to kind of tease our our YouTube channel and to get people to maybe go watch the video. If you're just a, an audio only uh, listener to the podcast, go check out the video too. But you are um, in a very festive spot. I am. You get a nice Christmas tree behind you, some picture <laughs> windows. Pine trees out the windows. A white beard. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is, man, it's very, uh, the Christmas spirit is alive and well. Uh, on it this is. Podcast, yeah. so. I'm at my brother's house in Princeton, New, uh, Princeton, New Jersey. I'm actually, uh, I'll be speaking at uh, the Affiliate World um, Conference in Thailand. So oh, wow. I'm getting ready to get on a, uh, it's like a 13 or 14 hour flight over to, uh, to Thailand and one of the uh, one of the guys, my mastermind, he, he does uh, a ridiculous amount of sales uh, a day. He's like seven hundred and fourteen thousand dollars a day in sales. Whoa. And um, but they have an office in Vietnam, so I'm going to go check that out and see what uh, see what kind of fire and magic they got going on over there. Man, no kidding. Uh, love to hear about that. That sounds that sounds phenomenal. Yeah. Um, well, safe travels. I do not envy that twelve and a half hour flight. Um, I don't fit well in airplane seats. I'm about 6'3", uh, 225-ish. I, uh, and you don't look like a small guy yourself. I, yeah. I can't sleep. I can't get comfortable. So I get restless after about two hours. So Yeah, I'll be in business class this time around. So thank you. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Thank the travel gods for that because it's I, I don't I don't want to go overseas without that. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Uh, awesome. Well, let's, let's dive in. And what I'd like to do first, Nate, is let's, let's hear your background. So... You know, kind of how did you become an e-commerce entrepreneur? What, what, what led you to this? And then, and then we'll dig into kind of some of the brands and some of the products that you, you've built uh, over the years as well. But how did you get started? It was actually by accident, Brett. Um, I was looking to invest in a company and all I wanted to be was just a passive investor. I just wanted some cash flow. Uh, I'd socked away some money from a real estate career. And uh, I, was a, I was, uh, had a cushy job as a vice president of Bank of America. 
Um, you know, I was making, you know, really, really good money. I was working remote. I had, you know, the dream commute at that point in time, which was down to my, you know, my basement. I would tell my, my black Labrador, Charlie, you know, okay, go to work. And he <laughs> run into, run into the basement office and, yeah. uh, in, in a little dog bed next to me. And there I had about 10, 15 employees and, uh, and project managers where, you know, we just, you know, did, uh, you know, corporate stuff. Um, but, uh, I've always been an entrepreneur, um, you know, since, since I was in, in college, I had a, a real estate career flipping homes in my twenties, uh, flipped 75 houses wow. in, in my twenties in the Northern Virginia area. So, um, you know, that entrepreneurial spirits never left me and I, I was looking for something that would, um, I, I mean, I literally, I just read the four hour work week. I'm thinking to myself, okay, great. Um, what can I do to have a four hour work week? Cause I, I have a full-time job. I, could, I can't add another full-time job. So I need, right, to, right. I need a side hustle. I mean, it needs to be something kind of part-time. Yeah. And um, what I decided to do was to go ahead and invest in, in a business. And um, the one that I, I first looked at was, uh, was related to health and beauty. It was a, was a supplement company. The, uh, the owner of it was an author and uh, was, was a specialist for a ginkgo biloba type product. And yeah, remember, all right. And um, that didn't end up uh, coming to fruition, but I, I learned a lot in the due diligence phase of, uh, of, of you know, potentially buying that business. And it really wet, wetted, uh, really wet my appetite for uh, online physical products, e-commerce uh, style sales. And um, I, I just through some more networking and, and, uh, and researching, I found an opportunity for me to invest that was going to be passive where I was going to utilize, um, you know, a, a specific amount, uh, you know, of investment. And then I would see a return. I, you know, had a performer associated with it and had metrics and, and, uh, and measurements that uh, it needed to, to reach. And uh, so I evaluated that and had a, uh, had a, a quick convo with the missus and, and uh, you know, we decided it was, uh, it was worth pursuing. And um, we, we went almost from uh, overnight, um, you know, nothing to, uh, to overnight success. And what I, I didn't, I, I took for granted and I didn't realize the power of affiliate marketing, uh, because that was the mechanism by which these sales went just off the charts. I wasn't doing any Facebook ads. I wasn't doing any Google ads. I wasn't doing any content. I wasn't trying to get SEO backlinks, none of that BS. I, I literally put money into, yeah, I, I do make my living from Google ads, but, but, and, and SEO, but it's cool. It's cool. I, <laughs> I, I, love, I love diversification. I love new traffic sources for sure. And, and I, I, I honestly, at this point, I wish I had more skills doing that. Like I'm, I'm a bit of a one trick pony when it comes to, to internet marketing and, and my heavy reliance on affiliate marketing, but it is so damn scalable. Um, that's, that's what I really liked about it. So I, I literally inserted is like a, like a money printing press. You could insert money to acquire customers on the front end of it. And then it would print money in the, in terms of orders on the back end. as long as you had that formula set and you, and you, you had also a linear sales page, something else that I just blind luck stepped into. I, I already had because I as I was, as I invested in this campaign or this uh, this this product and brand, there was another operator who had experience with affiliate marketing that had built a uh, a sales funnel, linear sales funnel, like the ones that Russell Brunson makes popular and you know, the one click up sales and that sort of stuff was all it was already kind of built, and the affiliate uh, marketing and affiliate networks were kind of primed and ready to go. It literally just needed fuel in the form of of cash for acquiring customers. And that's, that's what I really liked about, um, about this style of investment in, 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 in e-commerce and online marketing was that it was, it was literally like a pro forma. It was like an investment that I would expect from real estate. So I, my real estate brain could really equate to, okay, here's my, you know, my money in and here's my ROI back. And it was very transactional, which, uh, which for me was very comforting. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I want to dig into affiliate marketing and then kind of what it is and how you went about it and kind of the ins and outs there because there's a lot to talk about. Um, can you talk uh, briefly about some of the products that you've you've sold? Yeah. I, I, I believe it doesn't really matter, right? I think we can learn from any e-commerce seller, but I, I just know that's a question people probably have in their mind is, hey, what, what does this guy sell? What brands has he built? Things like that. Yeah. So uh, my, my experience has been in the health and beauty space. So 
Uh, it's it's primar- primarily stuff that people want to make New Year's resolutions around. It's like, so they want to lose weight, they want to look better, uh, they want to be healthier, um, like the, like those types of things. So I've sold um, in the very beginning. It was it was uh, a detox and probiotic and dietary and weight loss related uh, supplements and, and systems. Uh, and, and later on, uh, it turned into more um, a kind of a vanity and, and, and beauty and aesthetic type products like uh, like skin creams and lotions and and uh, and, and oils. Um, and then that uh, it kind of led to what we do now, which is mo- mostly uh, uh, hair conditioners and oils and uh, and supplements for skin nutrition, for fingernail growth and, and hair. Uh, nourishment. So it's um, it's really all for me. It's it's I primarily stuck in the health and beauty niche, and uh, it's been uh, consumable type products, whether they be topical or ingestible type products, uh, because of the recurring nature of uh, of, of subscriptions. Which uh, that's of course a huge piece of it too. Makes sense. And so are you are you primarily looking as you're as you're expanding your product offering and and getting into new products? Are you looking at how can I better serve my existing customers? So if someone's buying the hair conditioner now, they need the, the, the nail growth formula and things like that, or some of these reaching totally different audiences, like maybe you got a hair conditioner and a beard oil or something like that, where that may not be the yeah. same person. So we, we will usually uh, target a demographic with, uh, with, with about three products, no, three to four, no, no more than, than four though. I, I, typically the way that we'll build these linear sales funnels are, you know, there'll, there'll be an initial offer. That's the one that'll have the most you know, broad appeal. And then we'll continue to refine. Okay, well, since you, you know, people who bought this, most, also, most of those folks also found that this was supportive or this was interesting or this was, you know, was, was great for them as well. So we'll start with something that is typically the most mass appeal. And in, in, in many cases, it's, it's an ingestible or a topical. Uh, and, and then we will like, we'll sometimes go back and forth. If we start with an ingestible product, like a, a vitamin or a supplement, then we'll offer a topical product or vice versa. If we start with a topical product, like a hair oil uh, or a skin cream, then we'll offer an ingestible product that support, that also supports uh, the, the angle, um, you know, whatever that vanity angle is that we're appealing to. So same type, same type of benefit, uh, just, yeah. just a complimentary product. Got yeah, it. Com- okay. Compounding effect. Got it. Great. Um, so let's dive into affiliate marketing. This is something that I'm fascinated by. Um, I've always been a, a fan of, you know, strategic alliances and, and finding people yep. that have the, the ear and the eye of your ideal customer. And then, and then how do you partner with them and, and drive business? That's actually how we've scaled our agency for the most part, or, or one of the, the primary tactics is partnering with other leaders and influencers in the space and, and doing deals and stuff. Um, but talk about this, talk about what, what is affiliate marketing for the handful of people that maybe don't know what it is? And then we'll get into kind of some of the tips and strategies. So affiliate marketing and its most fundamental uh, definition is, uh, is, this, is essentially you as a brand owner working with, uh, with, with agencies or affiliates that are third-party salesmen, basically. They, they're kind of like, you know, think of, you know, think of yourself as Cutco. Um, and the affiliates are the people going door to door selling your minds. That's really what it is. So you pay them a commission to sell your knives. And um, that's affiliate marketing at, at its most basic. And um, it's, it's, it's interesting that you, I think you, you went right into, I think a piece that a lot of people don't understand with internet marketing, uh, you know, doing JVs and, and building relationships and that sort of stuff. Uh, because how, how I, I found success was at first dumb luck. I mean, mostly because I, I invested with somebody who already kind of knew what they were doing. And by and large, that's where most people uh, find success with physical products, CPA, you know, which is, uh, I'll just take a second to explain that CPA is, is called cost per acquisition or cost per action. So that's where you only pay for a verified sale. It's not cost per click. It's not pay per click. It's none of that sort of stuff. You literally only pay when somebody gives you a valid sale. So just like our Cutco example, Cutco's only paying that salesman that's knocking on doors and selling knives of when they actually sell knives. They're, they're, they're not doing anything with, the, with them uh, if they are just knocking on doors and nobody answers the door. Yep. So that's, um, that's really how, uh, how, how that part works. Yep, great. And so, so when, when you approach affiliate marketing, you know, I, know, I know there's several keys to success. One is attracting 
good affiliates, you know, the right affiliates that that have an email list or the ability to drive traffic, the right kind of traffic to your your site, and then you got to you got to to equip them with offers, and you have to make it financially rewarding for them and, and all of that. But um, let's maybe just start with with the affiliates themselves. So, so how do you find these affiliates and how do you make sure you're, you're attracting the right kind of affiliates? Until a few years ago, it was really just an old boys network. Um, you know, you, you had to go to events. Um, there's a couple of events that, uh, that are affiliate focused that, uh, that you can look to search for affiliate conferences and, and uh, on Google and, and you'll find those. Um, affiliate Summit is one, correct? Or Affiliate Con or something? Affiliate Summit is one. That's the first one that I went to. Yep. Uh, affiliate World is another. That's the one I'm speaking at um, here in a couple, you know, here like next week or a week and a half from now. Uh, so there are affiliate conferences that you can go to that that's what they focus on. Um, what I have found, what, where I found that they, I, I feel like they failed the, the market of e-commerce uh, stores is that those summits, those conferences focus on the, the, entire universe of online advertising and affiliates. So you'll go to one of those conferences and you'll literally like, there will be stuff for like adult, you know, and, and dating. And there'll be, there'll be stuff for gaming, like gambling, there'll be stuff for insurance leads. Like there's, and, and those are by and large, some of the largest parts of the affiliate like universes. So when I would go to these events, I would literally be walking through a sea of affiliates and they wouldn't really give a crap about me. So I had to spend time, okay, I'm physical products. I, I do e-commerce. Do you do that? No, no. Okay. So out of every 10 people I would talk to, like eight of them would say no. And so I was literally, it was, it was a, it was a total pain in, the, pain in the butt, quite frankly. Yep. Yep. Um, I got so frustrated about it. I ended up creating a community and an event that focused on the internet marketing side and e-commerce side of online sellers, which is what the online seller summit is. So um, we, we've got a, you know, we've got a community, there's a variety of communities out there, but in order to find an an affiliate, you've got to go hunting. Um, Another way to do it is you can work with affiliate networks. So affiliate networks are, they're kind of like the middleman. They're, They're a broker basically between you as a product and store uh, and a brand and an affiliate who's the, like the salesman, the, the sales rep. And they have their own networks of affiliates. So um, that's probably the easiest way to, to start. And there's, um, you know, there, again, like for that, typically your best bet, if I, if I were to look at it now, I'd probably go back to, like, let's say I missed an event and I can't make it to an event. There's not one coming up for a while. I'd probably go to like the, um, the list of exhibitors at some of the uh, affiliate conferences and then, great strategy. and then try to like cross compare those to some e-commerce events. And that's where you really whittle it down. Cause otherwise you'll, you, if you're looking at exhibitors for affiliate summit or affiliate world, there's, a, there's hundreds of exhibitors and you'll yep. be doing a whole lot of cold calling. But if you can find somebody that, uh, that is an, it's an affiliate that's exhibiting at one of those events and also uh, is exhibiting at an e-commerce or, uh, you know, some other type of physical product event, uh, like online seller summit or, or any of like prosper maybe is another example. Yep. Uh, Ryan, yep. Ryan Moran's got a, a brand building event called uh, uh, capitalism conference. Yep. Um, those are some different ones that you can, you can look at and, uh, and then kind of do that cross compare, but that, that might be kind of a shortcut for you. Got it. And I love it. And I want to underscore the importance of, of attending events and I'll be speaking at a prosper show this year. So excited about that. Hopefully we can meet, meet up there. Yeah. Um, a lot of the the best connections that that I've made in business over the years have been at events. So, partnership with Ezra Firestone, we I, I met him right after he spoke. I think for the first time at a, a Traffic and Conversion Summit event back in uh, San Francisco a long long time ago. Um, but lots of other partnerships, and, and not only do you learn a lot at events, but the connections you make are awesome. Um, I think what might be important though, so this sounds like a little bit of work, right? To to make these connections will totally pay off. I'm convinced. But let's talk about some of the numbers that are possible because, you know, we kind of teased a little bit and talked about, hey, you're you're only paying if someone actually buys. So you're not paying just for traffic. You're not paying just for clicks. You're paying for purchases. But I mean, can can you talk about some numbers? Like, what kind of volume is out here? What what have what have you seen firsthand with affiliate marketing? It, it's huge. I, I personally have had months where we sold four million dollars worth of products. Like, so that was kind of like our peak, like four point six million dollars. It's a decent month. That's a pretty damn good month. I mean, I, I can't awesome. cry about that. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I know there's guys in my mastermind right now that are doing close to a million dollars a day. And some of them are driving their own traffic and others are doing it totally with, uh, with affiliate based traffic. Uh, it, it's, it is monstrous. The, the, there becomes a distinction between an affiliate and a super affiliate. Mm-hmm. And when, when you make those connections and it, and it really only happens at events, like you, you kind of have to like pay your dues and go to events and it doesn't always happen in the event, but it usually happens in the hotel or in the hotspot near the hotel. Yep. Like yep. I know exactly where the hotspots are now because I've been going to these events for so long that people are like, Oh no, I'm not staying at the event hotel. I'm staying over here. And as an event owner, it drives me bonkers because I, you know, I have hotel rooms and stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, is, it is the way that it is. Um, so that that that's a that's a key piece. But these super affiliates, they they're doing anywhere between one hundred and fifty, you know, thousand dollars a day in 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 media in paid ads yep. on up. And um, you know, some of these guys, like it's it's insane the amounts of, of volume they're doing, and it's. It's only if, you know, probably, I don't know, two dozen, three dozen, you know, you know, guys and gals that, that do that. And they are, uh, they're sharpshooters. They're just, yep, they're yep. just amazing at what they do. And perfected that skill and, and they're world-class at it. Um, I mean, they're, they're so good at it. They will run, they will, will blow through your inventory and will, will, almost cripple your credit card processing because frequently you have caps on how much you can sell. Like that's the scale that I'm talking about. And it, and it it literally becomes like, this is the only business and and type of sales um, opportunity that I've ever seen in business where sales were no longer the, the bottleneck. Like sales, when you're, when your funnel is dialed in and it's converting and you've got a good offer and you're, you're paying the right amount of money to, to, uh, to acquire a customer, sales aren't the problem. Right. Inventory, logistics, operations, uh, credit card processing, uh, you know, j- because credit card processing is like getting approved for a loan. Yep. The banks only approve you for a certain amount of sales. And if you all of a sudden go from nothing to like $100,000 in a day, you can bet you're not going to get any money the next day. Bank, like banks, banks don't like that. That scares them. It scares the hell out of them. So yep. that those those are the problems that you get with with this type of uh, with this type of marketing. It's uh, it's intoxicating. Yep, yep. That's awesome. So so how do you structure the deal? So you're you're paying for performance. You're paying for sale or per sale. So you can't you can't go to a super affiliate and say, hey, I've got this new fifty dollar widget for every sale. Five bucks is yours, buddy. Uh, not going to be an interesting to the the super affiliate. How do you structure the deals? How do, how do you make sure the numbers are are correct so that they work for you and work for the affiliate so that the affiliate's motivated? There's one formula that's most important. And and Brett, remind me at the end of this, I'll give you a. Uh, there's a link to a Medium article where I wrote like the all the affiliate terminology. Oh, awesome! Like, yeah, all of the, the verbatim and stuff and language that we'll link to the show notes too. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'll, I'll make sure to get you that. But there, there's there's one formula in particular that is absolutely critical. It's called EPC. It's earnings per click. So earnings per click is the amount of money the affiliate earns on based on the number of clicks that they're generating from their traffic source. So let's just say, for instance, they are they're doing Facebook ads and uh, they're they're getting a click. Um, let's say the, the cost for a click for them is a dollar. And if they can earn five dollars for every click that they're that they're generating, then they're making an amazing ROI. It's like what is that like four hundred percent or yep. you know something? Yep. Yep. So the higher their earnings per click is, and the lower the cost of their click is, that that's what really entices these uh, these affiliates. And they're a little bit like uh, they're a little bit like day traders. They they kind of arbitrage you know, the traffic. So, you know, there's, they're trying to, uh, trying to get clicks for as cheaply as possible. And then they're trying to sell the click for as much as possible. Now that, that's one part of the formula. Take a step back from us from that for a second though. What we do is we, you know, as, as the, the brand owner, the, the actual advertiser of the product, the, the store owner, we pay on a cost per acquisition. So usually the way that works is something like this. You'll pay, let's just say it's a hundred dollars to acquire a customer. That hundred dollars uh, will, uh, you know, goes goes to a network who is a, the middleman. So they're going to collect about ten percent. They're going to put in their pocket. So then ninety dollars they pay out to an affiliate. 
that affiliate is going to have, they, they're, then they have about $90 that they have to spend to acquire clicks that they need to convert into a sale. So they're going to want that to be, you know, as cheaply as, as, as cheap as possible. So the formula is different for everybody because some of the things that, that affect it are how well your website converts, yep. how fast it loads, um, how many upsells do you have? Do you pay on an upsell? Uh, do you just pay for the, for the acquisition of the customer? Will you, will you pay out a little bit, you know, on the back end? Um, so the formula can be a little bit complicated and that's why it's absolutely critical if you're just getting started to work with a great affiliate network or work with a campaign manager or someone who's already done this. Uh, because frankly, you'll never get it right the first time. I, I only reason we figured it out is because there was somebody in quote unquote in house that had already done it. And they, they learned because they were an affiliate and then they became um, uh, the advertiser of the product. So they kind of, they kind of came from the, the other end of, of things. So they started doing the marketing and, and, and doing the advertising and then they moved into owning the actual product itself. So, so from the from the perspective then of the affiliate, the most important metric is is EPC earnings per click. So that's what they're looking at because they have to they have to go generate clicks at a certain cost. Yes, and then their whatever their payment is per sale, the EPC has to work out for them. So that that totally makes sense. And and the be, metric for the it can be anywhere from like one dollar EPC to seven dollars EPC. Yep. That tends to be the range that I hear. Yep. And if if they're doing it for, if their earnings per click is a dollar, then the cost of their click has to be at least 30% less than that. They need to make about a third, at least a 30% margin for right. them to be interested in, in, in getting involved in it. Otherwise, not worth the, not worth the effort. You know, if you're paying it's 90 cents per click, your earnings are a dollar a click. Yeah, that's, that's hard, risky, not, not worth it. Um, and so then the, the primary metric then on the, on the side of the seller is looking at what CPA can I afford? So what can I afford to pay yes. for, for the sale? And, and, and this, this has to work better for consumable products, right? I mean, have you, have you done this type of marketing for non-consumable products or, or, or how? There, so personally, I have not, but in my, in my mastermind, there's, uh, there's one, the, the, I think I may have shared with you before, maybe we started recording this. There's one member of my mastermind who's doing, he's doing $714,000 a day. And it's not, it's not consumable products. It's, wow. it's, all, um, it's apparel. So yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's an apparel type product. And, uh, it, and it, the formula works the same, although he has, like, he has built an internal team. So like, they have media buyers. They basically have affiliates in-house. Yep. Uh, they pay a salary and then bonus, you know, based on, um, you know, their, their, um, you know, how much media spend that they do. So that's, that's what they do. But this absolutely works for a variety of products from gadget tech gadgets. I've seen this, this absolutely. There was a big, um, a big explosion of the tactical flashlights. Okay. If you were anywhere, you saw tactical flashlights a couple of years ago, this, the same guy that's in, that's in my mastermind, he was one of the originators of that. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, so the tactical flashlights, the, I've seen stuff like HDTV antennas, like, so when you've got over the air HD, sure, sure. Um, we're, we see stuff like that. So it's all sorts of techie stuff, gadgety stuff, um, health and beauty stuff. This works for all of it. Gotcha. Is there, is there any kind of a, a number to, to throw out there that where if you're, if your CPA that you're willing to pay, if it's below a certain number, it's going to be hard to attract certain affiliates or, or is it not so it's more, or is it more about the conversion rate and stuff like that than it is the actual CPA? It, it, it's a combination of all of them. Cause remember the, if you're, if your website is a hunk of do and it doesn't convert at all, you can pay a thousand dollars CPA and you still can't get traffic. And that's what people get frustrated. It's like, you know, they'll, they'll think to themselves, okay, well, I need a cheaper CPA. I need a cheaper CPA. Well, it's actually not true. The right. cheaper CPA is, the more quickly you're going to get uh, your competition is going to kick your butt because, you know, and this goes back to just, you know, some of the very basics of, of direct response marketing. He who can afford to pay the most to acquire a customer gets all the customers. Yep. 
Yep. I, lo- I love that. I've, I've quoted that on, on the show before. I, I heard that first at a Dan Kennedy event. I don't know if he was the first one to say it. The first but- time I heard it was reading a book. I think it was uh, uh, Michael Masterson, which is not his real name. I don't remember what his actual name is, but the, yeah. the guy from, uh, uh, from Agora. Or- Agora and, and the American Writers and Artists Institute. Yeah, I took I took Michael Masterson's uh, six-figure copywriting course or, or whatever his real name is. But He was referencing it, though, to David Ogilvy, who's, I think, okay. one of the pioneers of Ogilvy on advertising stuff. But yeah, it makes sense. And so, I mean, if you can then afford to pay more because your conversion rates are better, your lifetime value is better, your back end is better. So okay. now you can pay more upfront than, than you win because you can, you can drive more traffic. You can outbid people. You can, you can dominate. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of the most, that's one of the most powerful quotes in all of marketing. It, it is. And the, o- the only way I ever found to becoming really proficient at this formula is having a, sh- a shopping cart or a CRM or having a technology tool that helps you figure all of that out. You need to know what your customer lifetime value is. If you're, yeah. if you're, if you're sitting in your car, you know, and you're listening to this podcast, or if you're watching us on YouTube and you're thinking to yourself, okay, how can I, how can I reverse engineer this? If you, if you don't know how much money you're making on the lifetime of your customer, you can't, right? You have to know that first. Yeah. And then the, the way to start is you typically want to figure about 40 to 45% of your gross uh, revenue needs to be dedicated towards your, your advertising, your cost per acquisition. That I've gotten it down to in the 30s from time to time, but most of the time that I've had success, I'm actually spending about 42 to 48% of my, of my gross revenue back into the CPA, back into gotcha. the advertising. So you've got to have, you've got to have healthy margins then on your products and Absolutely. in order to network. Got it. Absolutely. You need to build in some pretty healthy margin. In, in health and beauty products, it's very common to have the cost of goods of your product, your, your, your manufactured product, uh, probably anywhere between like three and six dollars. And then you might be selling it for upwards of 60, 80, 90, a hundred dollars, or you'll, or you'll be selling a, a bundle of it or a group. Sure. Maybe you're selling three of them together for $120 or, or, um, you know, somewhere around there. But in, in the health and beauty space, I see commonly like somewhere around $80 to acquire a customer is pretty average, uh, upwards to $120 to acquire a customer. And then, uh, the people who survive are the ones who are making about 180 to $240 on the, the, the order value if they're just selling upfront or on the customer lifetime value if they're selling over a subscription over a period of time. Got it. Um, what, what are your recommendations then for how to nail down that, that lifetime value of the customer? Because it's, it's always interesting to me and I'm a huge, I'm a Jay Abraham student from long ago, like got addicted to his marketing when I was in college and it's like lifetime value. This totally makes sense. Like you have to figure that out. And, and then I was, I was shocked and then it just became the norm from there on out. Like almost no business owner really knows their lifetime value. They can take a wild stab at it, a wild guess, but nobody really knows their, their LTV. If you can't do that, you got to find a, a shopping cart that, that has the reporting for you that does it. Um, uh, I've used um, a, a shopping cart for years called Limelight CRM. Yep, yep. It has She's coming on the podcast soon. Uh, oh, are they? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is it Chad or, or Roe or who's coming? Uh, Roe, I believe, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So they're good guys. I've used their platform for like seven years. I, I actually wrote the base of the reporting system that they use on their platform. Now I actually sold them that intellectual property in 2016. So in, in the old days, I didn't have a way to figure it out. I literally was doing it on spreadsheets and it was a nightmare because your orders are updating all the time. Like your customer values are changing. So I was having to export data and then, and then create these spreadsheets and, I'm an art major. Like what, <laughs> what business do I have creating these spreadsheets? Like that's not my experience. Like, but I, I, I had to do it. And I wasn't trying to figure out like complex, you know, equations and, 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 you know, and I wasn't even doing algebra. This is just basic, you know, multiplication, you know, addition and subtraction. So I, I just was multiplying or not multiplying. I was just adding the customer transactions over a period of time together. So I could see what, you know, what they were actually worth. And uh, over a period of time, um, I, I built that system, a system called Offer Profit, sold it to Limelight. I still use that system as well. Um, Shopify, I've got to imagine, has the reporting in it that, uh, that allows people to figure that out as well. There's other systems that are out there too. But if, you, if, if, you're, if you're selling on a, any platform and there's not one report that can show you the customer lifetime value, 
you're using the wrong platform. Yep. Yep. But we Agreed. Need to stop using that platform and find a new platform because that you will never be able to, to keep up with generating those numbers on your own. I, I literally was, I was doing it every day. I hired someone to then do it. I, after like six months, I'm exhausted. I'm like, I, I don't want to see any more of these numbers. I'm <laughs> no more spreadsheets. I'm having, I'm dreaming and night and having nightmares of, you know, these, these same six equations over and over and over again. So I hired somebody and then he came in and he was doing it every day. And then, and then he was getting exhausted and, and, and then, uh, all right, fine. I'm going to find a programmer. Let's take this spreadsheet and let's turn it into a program. And then I did that. And then, uh, and then I sold it. So you, you have to have to have a platform that will let you be able to, f- to find out what that number is. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Well, this has been tremendous. I want to kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about a few other topics here, uh, kind of before we wrap up. Uh, one of those is, you know, you, you mentioned the four hour work week and, and uh, strangely enough, I'm a huge Tim Ferriss fan. Listen to the podcast a lot. I, I love tools of Titans and the other one, tribe of mentors. Those books are phenomenal. I've never read the four hour work week, believe it or not, but um for our work week, I'm not that much better because I read to the point where he said you should only read the parts of the book that are the most important to you, and when it's not important, stop reading that book. And yeah. as soon as I get to that part, I, I, I didn't even finish the book, but Quit. I got to the point. I'm like, okay, I got to go put this in action. But you got what you need. That, that, that's interesting, though. I mean, I think some people judge success of, hey, I bought this book, I have to read it cover to cover. Well, no, you, you bought the book to get an idea or to get something out of it. Like, don't feel guilty about not reading a book or reference. Yeah, yeah, or as a reference, yeah. Uh, but what does the four-hour week work week look like for you, and and how have you kind of structured things so that you can you know, have the lifestyle that you want? Absolutely. So uh, I've, I've been very fortunate to have some very uh, uh, fundamentally successful hires uh, for my business. Um, the fir- the first one for me was a kind of an analytical based, operational based, and and somewhat technically savvy. Uh, type resource, uh, a great individual who uh, was able to understand the, the financial aspects of you know, the customer lifetime value, uh, understood many of the metrics that's really critical in affiliate marketing, um, and, and then also the, how, to, how to handle some of the technical stuff as well. Making sure that the shopping cart is set up appropriately, making sure the website is integrated into it appropriately, can communicate uh, to the uh, to the affiliates and affiliate networks, so that that person you know wears multiple hats and and pro- provides several functions. So technically inclined, financially inclined, and then uh, has the ability to to uh, to manage relationships as well. So that was the first uh, key hire, uh, and then the 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 second key. Uh, was someone very, very financially sound in, in the form of, um, of actually my CFO. So she, she was able to help make sure that everything from the cash flow to the profit and loss uh, reports, the balance sheet, you know, I'm, I think I'm still one of the few, you know, larger uh, uh, entrepreneurs that, uh, that we do our P&Ls every month. We have a balance sheet every month. Um, we I actually, love, man, I, I love the PNL. I look, I look at it several times a month, uh, and, and I'm not a, I hate accounting, but I do like numbers. Uh, I just don't like to be the one that actually put it all together, but I love reviewing it for sure. Bingo. That was me too. Like I, I, I'm an art major. I'm not, I, I don't have an accounting background. I'm not putting all that crap together. So, uh, so, so I hired somebody that was really good at that. And um, so th- those, those are the two rocks by which the the daily operations get done now, and each of them have uh, have, have a couple of uh, direct reports that um, that that help keep you know the the bus moving. So as it stands right now, um, I, I basically spend about an hour a week on um, on a management call, and then somewhere between another you know hour or two throughout the week, uh, you know doing some some specific direction to some of the some of the staff members as they have questions as well, but. Um, by and large, over it took me a while to you know to train everybody. You know, it took years, but now I'm at the point where that's allowed me for the last two years to be able to go and, and create new business, uh, new businesses. Um, the, the online seller summit, summit, yeah, yeah, formerly known as AdSum. Um, I, I've got a mastermind as well, which I spend a lot of time you know cur- uh, cultivating and nurturing, and then I do a lot of community management stuff. You know, of my communities. That's that's the part that I I'm really passionate about. Uh, as as opposed to the nuts and bolts and, and uh, the day to day stuff, I've, I I did my my ten thousand hours. I I grinded my uh, my ten thousand hours per um, you know the the outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Yep. And I, yep. I've yep. been there, done that. I've established that expertise and that that mastery, and um, then you know trained the next generation 
uh, of my team to be able to handle that as well. That's awesome. Uh, you've got a quote, and I can't remember where I found this, but you and I talked about it a little bit when we were uh, prepping, but you talk about uh, getting punched in the mouth is okay. And uh, that's actually a term I use. I coach my son's basketball team, and we, we talk about stuff like that. You're going to get punched in the mouth. How do you respond? Uh, that's, that's actually okay. It's good for you. Uh, yeah. but, but what's what's your take on that? Why Why do you say that getting punched in the mouth is okay? It's, just, it's the same analogy you can use, like, you know, if you fall off a horse, right? You get back on. So it's, it's, it's that same principle around trial and error and, and success and failure. Failure just means you, you haven't overcome that challenge yet. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you'll never overcome. It just means that, you know, you've, you've got some more growing to do, some more learning to do. So getting punched in the mouth is, is, is totally okay. P- people, they get very emotional about having setbacks in their business. And I, I've had businesses and I've lost businesses. I've made millions and I've lost millions. At the at the end of the day, what keeps what keeps me happy and satisfied is the relationships that I have in my life, my family, my friends, my community. Like that's the rock of which everything is is sound and solid. Money comes and goes. If if if, if you've got a ton of money, it just amplifies you know your ability to do you know more things or or live you know maybe a little bit more lavishly or a little bit crazier. It also you know it pulls out some of the some some of the it amplifies some of the quirks of people as well. I've seen it yes, completely. It I've seen it completely destroy people. I, I, I lost a partner over it. Um, you know, he just he, he literally just couldn't, went, couldn't handle the success. Yeah, totally went crazy. And that's not that uncommon for people to not be able to handle success. And then also couldn't handle couldn't handle the you know some of the failure that came that came shortly thereafter uh, as well. And um, you know, it's it's money is just a really interesting thing. It's at the end of the day, we don't take any of it with us. Yep. Um, the 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 only thing that we really have, and, and there was something that was really profound to me, um, was this study done. Uh, it's a Harvard study that was started like in the 1920s, and it literally followed this group of of Harvard graduates through their life, and then through their children's lives, and then their grand, then their children's, and and at at the end, like the big reveal was that the most important thing, and where people had the biggest regrets in life, was was all around the, uh, the the satisfaction of their relationships. How many relationships did they have that were truly satisfying for them? And um, when when I read that, I was just like, you know, at the time, you know, the hunter gatherer in me is like constantly, okay, I'm, I'm go make more money, go make more money, yeah, go, go get the next kill. Yeah. You know, that's that's like that primal, you know, that lizard brain that just like is always going. That's what makes us as entrepreneurs, you know, successful too. So taking that and balancing it a little bit with, wait a second, we've also got a family that's at home that would love to spend some more time with us. Can we come down from that, that office or, you know, can we, can we come in from, from outdoors? So some well-balanced parts. I love it, man. We're getting deep here. We're talking, uh, talking affiliate marketing and now moving into some deep stuff, which I, which I enjoy. And, and it's so true. Like I think the getting back to the punch in the mouth thing, and then I want to circle back to relationships too, but but some people are so terrified of, of, of failure, you know, that they're terrified that something's not going to go well. I've heard football players, I'm more of a basketball player. I love to watch football, but I've heard football players say, I'm always nervous until I get hit the first time. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh, okay, this is no big deal. Let's just, let's roll. Now, now I'm no longer afraid to get hit. Now I'm ready to just rock and roll. So people are so afraid of failure that it, that it ties them up in knots. And sometimes I think all you have to do is get punched once or twice. And you're like, okay, I'm going to live. Let, let's now let, let's roll with it. Um, and I completely agree on the relationship side of things. Uh, as, as a lot of people know that listen to the podcast, I've got eight kids, eight children. Um, I work a lot of coach basketball. It's insane. It's totally insane. I'm youngest but, of six here, so I know about a big family. What's that? I'm the youngest of six, so I know all about a big family. Okay, that, that's that's awesome. Um, so relationships are huge. So like, I, you know, I want to I want to be extremely successful and got a growing business and doing well, but not at the expense of, of relationships. And really in business, like, and you talked about at the very beginning, like you have to go to events for affiliate marketing to work. It's about relationships. And so not only is building relationships good for business, I think it's, it's ultimately what's the most fun in business and in life. So we yep. can't, let, let's not miss out on that for sure. Absolutely. Yep. You, know, you, you, uh, you commented about like, you know, the, the football player when they, when they first get hit, uh, that, that reminded me of a story when I was, when I was doing real estate, I was super nervous like those first time. Cause I, I literally was like, like knocking on doors. Like I, I was, you know, the guy that was, you know, knocking on your door, you know, heard about your house. 
you know, do you, do you want to sell? Are you looking for a loan? Is there any way that I could help you? And, and uh, you know, back in those days, it, it was common for me to get the door slammed in my face. <laughs> I'm like, who the hell are you? Like, well, why are you on my porch? Yep, and, yep. I mean, I, I knew walking into it that they were, they were in some form of distress. So um, they're highly emotional. And I always felt that same sense of fear for the first house I had to go and, 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 and knock on the door. And, um, you know, the first, the first door to get slammed in my face, but I, mean, I had a great batting average. I, I mean, 75 houses I flipped on, I, I made money on 70, I broke even on two and I lost money on three of them. That's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, so it's one of those things where you get rejected, you get the literal door in your face, like you just said, and you look down and you're like, well, I got no, no bullet holes. I'm not, I'm not mortally wounded. I'm not bleeding. This isn't that bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember I, I did sales as well, not real estate, but in, in media and, I remember one of one of these trainers I talked to. They said, "Hey, if you're if you're afraid of rejection, then the antidote is go swim in rejection. Yep. Just get get as much of it as you can, and then you realize this isn't a big deal, and then you're ready to to move on." It works in dating too for guys that are single out there. Um, yeah. Keep keep asking. Keep keep you asking. Will, you will get better. Uh, yeah. Sure. That's awesome. So, uh, Nate, this has been phenomenal, man. What a, what a wide range of topics. It's been a ton of fun. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the online seller summit here as we, as we wrap up. So, yeah. uh, why did you start that? And, and you've already talked about it a little bit, but, but give us a quick preview and then where can we find out more? Yeah. So I started the online seller summit because I, I could not find a community where people who sold online, e-commerce sellers, Amazon sellers, Shopify sellers, affiliate mark in affiliate marketing, you're called an advertiser. If you're the owner of the product and you're selling it, um, I could not find a community where I could meet other online sellers. And then also I was having a hard time finding the services that would support me. So like finding affiliate networks, finding customer service companies, man manufacturers, um, uh, fulfillment companies. I was just, I was having to, to sift through so much crap to find, you know, the, these jewels in there in, um, you know, in it as well. So I, I kept going to all these different events just over and over and over again. And I just kept seeking, searching, hunting for what I was looking for. And eventually, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, pretty open and transparent about, you know, who I am and what I'm doing. And I was sharing things that were working for me and not working for me. And, and, um, uh, and I just started to collect people just started to collect around me. And then uh, it started as a, as a small group. I invited like 35 people to, uh, to Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is where I were as I started this online journey where I started. I'm, I'm in the Dallas Fort Worth area now. But uh, when I started, I, people flew from around the world to come to this, like 35 people from around the world. And then it started with 35 people and then it grew to like 50 and then 100 and 200. And eventually uh, it was like I, I basically had built a trade show because I had now you know, vendors, I had other sell online sellers and kind of like all mixed in. So we just went ahead and formalized it. It, it started out as advertiser summit. And, and again, because in the affiliate marketing world, if you're, if you own the brand, if you own the, the offer, yep. the physical product, uh, you are what the advertiser. advertiser. Got it. For the rest of the world, wait a second, an advertiser, that's who I pay to advertise my products. Mm -hmm. So it's a little confusing. So we, we actually just re we did a soft rebrand at the last, uh, advertiser Summit. We we shortened it to Add Some, um, so it's been called Add Some for the last couple of years, and now it's called the Online Seller Summit. Awesome. And so, where can people find out more? And I'll, and I'll link to it in the, in the show notes as well. But where can they go to find out more? You can still go to AddSome.net. It will forward you to the uh, to to this last year's event. We're we're in um, we're in kind of reboot mode. Every year we've got a you know we've got a new event at a new location. So. Uh, we're looking at locations uh, right now, and, and we haven't quite signed a deal yet, so we can't, you know, publicly announce to everybody sure. where it's at. But we'll we will have an event in 2019. Um, you can also go to onlinesellerssummit.com. So it's onlinesellers with an S, uh, summit.com. And uh, we'll once once we have the dates, we'll uh, we'll launch the new website and, uh, and and release the dates. In the in the meantime, though, we've got a really fun opportunity, and and it's a it's actually a ma a mastermind. It's open to everybody. Uh, that's called the Sellers Cruise, and that's uh, leaving out of May uh, or leaving May fourth out of Miami uh, for a week. And we've got four ports of destination and three days of masterminding on the actual cruise ship. Uh, it's it's the most unreal deal in events. For uh, it's like eleven hundred bucks per person. Your foods included, drinks included. Uh, your ca the cabin on the ship 
my mastermind, which I usually charge like three to ten thousand dollars for a mastermind. Yeah, that's, yeah. All that's included. That's so it's it is the sweetheart of um, of events and deals where you can work, you can play. There is good internet on the on the boat. I promise you. Okay. Okay. Um, a lot of people are concerned about that. Yep, uh, yep. But uh, you'll have opportunity to to you know continue working your your business and then. Uh, I'll be facilitating um, sessions where people are are able to you know work through you know problems and challenges, and then we'll 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 do you know big group introductions too, so people will get to know you and stuff. So all of the experience I've had doing events and masterminds for the last seven years culminate into this cruise. Sounds phenomenal. I would love to do that. I am speaking at a high school graduation. Darn it. <laughs> no, like you're talking about this. I'm like, oh man, I want to go. Uh, uh, phenomenal. So, so uh, Nate, how else can people connect with you online? Are you active on Twitter, Facebook? Any, any- Very active on Facebook. Uh, you can go to natelin.com. Uh, you can go to the bottom. You can shoot me a message if you want to. It comes to my Facebook page. I answer it directly. You can uh, you can find out about the cruise if if you're if you're an online seller and you want to network with other people and you want to like immediately jumpstart your your networking and and your skills and your connections. Uh, sellerscruise.com is where you can go for for that event. Uh, I just found a great uh, um, travel agent that they're putting it all together. It's it's super affordable. It's an it's an amazing opportunity. Um, you'd be uh, you'd be crazy to miss it if you if you're serious about connecting with a bunch of awesome people that uh, are also interested in your online success. Very cool. Very cool. Well, this, this has been phenomenal. Nate Lind, ladies and gentlemen, Nate, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, had a blast. Likewise. Excited to uh, chat again at an upcoming event or whatnot. We'll link to all the resources in the show notes, but do check out Nate, check out his events. And uh, appreciate it, brother. We'll have to have you back on the, the show at some point. That'd be great, Brett. All right, man. Have a good one. And uh, thanks as always for tuning in. Uh, We'd love to hear your feedback. Give us show ideas. Talk about what you'd like us to cover on future episodes. Uh, Also, we'd love that review on iTunes if you're so inclined. Uh, And with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.